Macarling and Browns. Excellent. Well, how are you then, Mr. Rob? I'm all right, Mrs. Sarah. <laughs> I don't know why I added Mr. Rob. I had to pause then. <laughs> how to confuse you, I don't know why. Yes, it's not difficult. Uh, I'm good. Obviously, it's been quite a somber last few days, hasn't it? With the passing it of has. Her Majesty. It has, yeah. I took the children up to Windsor Castle yesterday to pay our respects, which was quite a nice thing to do. It is a bit odd, I have to say. It just feel like it's it's not real, like it's a reenactment of some sort of olden days, what they used to do for kings. When I was watching it on telly yesterday, it was just it's very odd. So it's going to take a bit of getting used to, I think, for everyone. There's a lot of pageantry obviously mm, mm. and what was, amazing woman she was as well ah absolutely phenomenal and it's one of those things that we've all been expecting her to pass but mm. but having seen her just the two days before meeting the prime minister i don't think anyone perhaps thought it was going to happen so suddenly but no you know no. it was never going to yep. be never going to be nice right so i've seen quite a few films and of course we've got the quiz Okay, the quiz. I'm very the excited. Quiz. You know, I loved, I'm loving the quiz. You're going to get me back so much from last time because it was really hard last week. So I'm I really don't know. Worried. Very don't worried. Know. Go on, tell us it. about your films first then. Okay, so what have I seen? So I saw Beast, which is mm-hmm. the Idris Elba Jaws but with a lion film. Which... Was it a beast of a film? The action scenes were, were very good. When the basically the lion was on show trying to kill people, it was very good because it was very realistic and quite terrifying at times. But the rest of it, yeah, it was all just the kind of characters were just really weak, I thought, and it was a bit of a mm. sentimental story. But still probably maybe watching it for those scenes, I would say. Um, what else? I saw... A film called 3,000 Years of Longing, which okay. again stars Idris Elba, this time alongside Tilda Swinton, in what can only be described as a Aladdin for grown-ups. It's basically about this lonely scholar who, on a work trip to Istanbul, purchases this kind of innocuous antique bottle from which a genie appears, or a djinn, as there, all right. Um, which is Idris Elba to grant her three wishes. They have to be her heart's desire because she's a scholar and knows everything mm. about stories. She doesn't want to give any wishes because she thinks it's a trap. Any wish, you know, history's proved that any wish that you wish actually has quite a few pitfalls. So she thinks it's a trick. He then sits down and recounts his life story made in three chapters of various people that he's been a genie for, which takes in elements of history like the Queen of Sheba and yeah, other people in history. It's a really kind of curious little film. Mm. It actually feels more like a play than anything else. It's quite sad, really. So there's mm. not really much light in there, but and it kind of plodded mm. a bit. So mm, not so sure about that one. Have you ever seen Big Fish with Ewan McGregor? Is yes. it a little bit? Is it a bit like that? I wouldn't say it's as fantastical as that. Right. I wouldn't. This is 
Yeah, this is a bit more glum, really. I mean, <laughs> okay. 3,000 years of longing. It's I, a long time. <laughs> it's a very long time, yeah. yeah. As I say, it's intriguing enough, but didn't really work. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you what is really good on TV. So Apple TV, if those that have it. And if you don't have it and you happen to have a brand new Apple device, mobile phone or iPad or whatever, they offer you usually a three-month free trial. And that's exactly what I did. And it's I've not looked back. I think Apple TV, some of the stuff that they've rolled out on Apple TV is, is, is really good. And Blackbird or The Falcon's Tale in in the US terms is um, a fantastic TV series and it's true to life as well. It's got Taron Egerton, as you may know from The Kingsman, uh, plays Jimmy Keane and you've got Paul Walter Hauser, who you may know from um, Coelho, played Horace and in, in Coelho, uh, plays Larry Hall. And Keane is done for drug trafficking and carrying armed weapons and is sentenced for 10 years, but does a deal with the FBI to, to be released early to spend time with his dying father ray liotta uh and um if he can crack where larry hall has buried 18 to 21 young girl victims and it's quite chilling when i say it now as well and it is quite chilling when you watch it it's very sinister but very clever and brilliantly acted by egerton hauser in particular so really i recommend watching that which is out now on apple tv Cool. I saw on Netflix a Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg comedy, Me Time. All right, which, yeah. Which was, you know, it was okay. Okay, killed the time. You know, mm-hmm. he's cropping up in so many of these films, Kevin Hart. I saw the one of him recently. I think it was um, The Man from Toronto with Woody Harrelson. You know, okay. they're, 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 they're good fun. It was all right. Um I saw Maverick again at the cinema with my son because it took ages to get around to that, which was, yeah, just as cool second time round. And I've tried to give the new Lord of the Rings series a go. Mm. Not quite sure about it just yet. Starting to get interesting, so we'll see. I'm letting – I'm going to try and pick that up soon, actually. I'm I'm watching a couple of other series first, and then I'll come to that one, I think. So, So, yeah. So what should we – oh, quiz, is it? Is it? The quiz. Time. It's the quiz. And in, in <laughs> honour of Her Late Majesty. Oh, I wondered whether you do the Queen. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, the, the theme is Ooh. the Queen. Yeah. I mean, loosely. Loosely. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So, five questions. Are we ready? Yes. Name one of the two leads in the 2018 Oscar nominated movie, Mary Queen of Scots. One of the two leads was this, I can never pronounce this name, Scorny, so Scorsy Ronan, is it? Is that how you say her name? And the other one is, oh, in Birds of Prey, Margot Robbie. Well, I'll give you two. You, you only needed one, you're giving me two. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I, is it, is it Sosha Ronan? That's the one. I can never, I can never pronounce her first name. I mean, I if you see, if you well. see how it's spelt, it's quite scores. It's a bit like Scorsese, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Scorsese. Yeah, right. Okay. So, who won the Best Actress Oscar for her portrayal of the Queen in the 2006 film of the same name? What the Queen in the Queen? Oh, 
Helen Mirren. Yes. I mean, that was, I think that was the, I thought that was the easiest one. Okay. I thought it was expected because the other one was, what was the other one called Mary Queen of Scots? Yes. Yes. Right. Daniel Kaluuya starred in the 2019 Bonnie and Clyde type story titled Queen and Blank. Oh, goodness. Kalitha? Queen of Kalitha? Queen and Slim. All right. Not watch that one. Sorry. Is I it good? Thought, I thought, but yeah, it is actually. It is really good. If That's you a like, toughie. You like, you like Daniel Clue. It's a, it's a great film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The 2018 biographical movie about the band Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, won four Oscars. Can you name two of the categories in which it won? Oh, uh, best score? I'm, you, I'll wait until you're ready to give me the- two. So best score or best or couldn't have been couldn't have been original music surely, best score and oh, uh, I know it gone best actor as well but I can't remember the name uh, 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 is it Rami Malek Rami Malek you don't need to give the that's fine okay. so best performance by an actor is one what what's one of the others oh so I didn't get the best score so it's not best score it's not best score oh it's not best original music then can't be original music because it's Queen. Is best achievement in film editing, best sound editing, best sound mixing. Sound editing, right? Gotcha. Yes. Okay. There so what are we? So what are we up to now? So you've got two out of four. Final question. In two thousand three, Catherine Zeta-Jones won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Name her co-star, also nominated in the same category. Rennie Zellweger. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's not Rennie Zellweger, but I think I should. Uh, Queen Latifah. Yes, I thought, I thought, I just need to let you remind you of the theme of the quiz. It's Queen, (laughs) Queen Latifah. There we go. Excellent. So I got three. Did I? Three out of five, which is good. It's not bad. I, I almost and a half. Yes. Okay. That's fair enough. Well, and also you gave me both <laughs> both of the uh, leads in Mary Queen of Scots as well there as the you go. As well That's as the not too bad. You were quite. You were yeah. kind. No, you're you right. Three and a half. Too, okay, we'll give too you three hard and a half on me. Now. Excellent. Well, shall we review the first film then? Yeah. What are we going for first? Fall. The new one. Okay. Fall. So this is out in the cinemas at the moment as we speak. Rated fifteen. And it is directed by Scott Mann, and it stars probably not particularly well-known actors. The two main leads in this are Grace Caroline Curry and Virginia Gardner. So it's a pretty simple premise. After the death of her husband, Dan, in a climbing accident, Becky's persuaded by her best friend and cool social influencer, Hunter, to take on her latest climbing project which is a 2000 foot radio tower in the middle of the desert not just that it's decommissioned hasn't been used for years and it doesn't look in great condition quite frankly um so they have a backpack in which they've got water a drone uh, they've got their phones and of course dan's ashes and i think it's fair to say that they do make it to the top but then after that, everything goes south big time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of as simple as that. There's not a lot of mainstream 
films in the cinema right now. It's I suppose it's the post summer blockbuster lull. Yeah. So it's not a film that maybe most people would even know about. I watched it with Sarah at the cinema, which Yay. was always always cool to go and watch a film together. So I have some idea of what she thought at various points, but we haven't discussed <laughs> it. So come on then. What do you think? I find it funny because right at the start of the uh, when the trailers are running, we were both we're not good with scary films, are we, Rob? Oh, we both gosh. looked down because this most like Halloween season is approaching. I think that there was scary films after scary film, and yeah, it was. I, I was not sure what I was expecting then after all that, but I have comfort again that it's a fifteen that's not going to be too scary. And plus also it was, it's a reasonable score on IMDb, 6.3. And that's why we chose it, I think, uh, from last week. Um, But a very different thriller. This one plays more with your natural fears than ghouls and ghosties and tormenting slashers that you would see on, on horror thriller films. It's great to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan again. He plays Negan in The Walking Dead. And you may have also seen him also in uh, PSI Love You, Grey's Anatomy, etc. He plays uh, Dad Dan Connor, who is Becky Connors, the the, the daughter that's climbing this this massive tower, um, plays her father basically in this. And you may also recognise Grace uh, Caroline Curry, who is Becky from Shazam as well. So, but she hasn't been in a huge amount of other films, to be honest. So this could be a nice start to to more exciting films going forwards. Uh, the two thousand foot B six seven TV tower doesn't actually exist either. I discovered, uh, but according to director Scott Mann, the film was based on a KXTV or KO. VR radio tower in Walnut Grove in, in California and is now this tower is often illegally climbed by base jumpers um, so that's where the idea came from and I'll be I, I was curious this film I mean it's very I think Rob said it in a nutshell what actually happens but I was so curious in this film how they actually made made it because I think both you and I were whispering, like, surely they'll be, you know, at the top of this tower, they'll be blown about and and it'll be, you know, not easy. They're not even holding on or anything like that. But I came across an article in the Radio Times by Patrick Cremona. And um, did they green screen it? No. Did they copy a scene from like Star Wars or Mandalorian where they need to look down or anything like that? Uh, no. Um, what they did because they had such little budget, they didn't want to go and do anything in the studio. They actually had only $3 million to make this film, which is quite minuscule, really. And they built the upper part of the tower, so 100 foot of part of the tower, on top of a mountain to make it as realistic as possible so they could do all these these sky shots, etc. And the spot, the spot they chose was down some rickety road that they had so they had to widen it as well to get the crew and the lorries down it. The set was was hit by hurricanes, hot rain, in the because it was in the desert. It probably also had vultures there as well. And at one point they had thousands of flying ants as well, which was a big issue for the filming. The director in this interview said it was a bit like a Bear Grylls adventure. <laughs> they obviously had really struggled to get this film made, but actually it was 
all real. It was all pretty realistic because uh, we were just sure that it was just done in a studio and green screened, etc. But actually, it was it, it wasn't. So it doesn't actually 100 foot up. Um, in fact, over 200 foot over above sea level, Rob, you don't get blown around so much, obviously, because they actually they actually shot that. So unbelievable. I have to say one hour 45, around that one hour 45 minutes, um, it had me going on occasions and, and Rob, you did make the audience laugh when, um, you predicted something was about to happen towards the end and had a few giggles from some of our neighboring, uh, uh, viewers. No, I just couldn't believe what happened. I couldn't believe what was about to happen. (laughs) I mean, it's obvious what was going to happen. I, I just couldn't believe it was about to happen and it happened anyway. It did happen, but I mean, um, yeah, crazy girls climbing. Really about crazy girls climbing some 200 foot TV tower and they get stuck. And I'm not going to say anymore. It's very simply done, but it is not a bad thriller, actually. But I'd love to get any more thoughts from you, Rob. Well, I think my expectations were too high. And I actually think Mm. that if you said to people, right, if you treat it, you know, more of a kind of like a B movie, therefore forgive it forgive it for some of the you know wooden acting and forgive it for just some of the unrealistic things that occur like hanging one-handed off a uh, top of a 2000 foot tower yeah precisely or or like even inaccuracies with technology as well i mean there's various things you kind of watch and i think that, that that's kind of what frustrated me is that i made the stupid mistake of trying to believe it all because of course you know there's the tower okay they're going to climb the tower and they climb the tower and you know so so that is believable kind of the integrity of the actual tower itself it seemed to be tethered by these three metal ropes they were no way wide enough to hold some thing 2000 foot anyway here we go so you see what i mean i'm already so <laughs> I, I think that's what frustrated <laughs> me. I kind of like I thought, oh, this is good. It's kind of believable. And then it's as soon as something happened which wasn't believable, I was like, oh, man, that's annoying because I was kind of going with it. But then that misses the point altogether of this type of film. You've just got to accept that there's some inaccuracies, accept some bits daft. But if you do that, I think there's a lot to like about it, without a doubt. Mm. There's lots of exciting slips and slides and jumps and be interesting to think what people feel about the final act because Mm. it veers into i would say slightly more gruesomeness i suppose i'm not going to say any more and i think on reflection i actually quite like that i quite like the fact that towards the end it just got darker and darker so yes it's one of those things where a lot of it annoys me but on reflection, I should not have gone in thinking it was all going to be perfect. Yeah. And I think, as I say, treat it for like a, a kind of a you know a run of the mill B movie, and it's and it is actually really enjoyable. But come on, let's face it. I mean, these two girls are two over two thousand foot up. When they get to the top, all they want to do is grab onto the pole in the middle. That their, their, their hair's even flying around. They even make reference to the fact it's windy. And then they, they you cut away to something and then you cut back to them and they're just on their phone. They're not even holding it. And this is this is like a, a platform, a circular platform. I mean, we're talking probably like two meters wide. 
And so I suppose that's the kind of thing that annoyed me because I thought, oh, come on, get that right. They're always going to have to hold on to that bit in the middle. There's no way. Although they're unbelievably brave climbers and we obviously we, we get that, we know that, it doesn't matter. You'd still, you still could just one gust, you could be off. Yeah. And hanging the legs over the side, and I just yeah, there's but, a lot of things. But but like I say, strange. but maybe that's just just stupid. Maybe as I say, that's what I mean. I don't think I should have got annoyed about that kind of stuff. Well, maybe climbers do do that. I, I have no idea. Do are they daredevils and just let they do do the hanging off on one hand? They do they let their hag- legs dangle over the side because they feel that their central weight is actually still safe and, and they're on the platform. Yeah, so... I, I, I reckon you're right. There's elements of that. They probably would do that. But I think mm. for me, it's more the fact that, yes, they were filming this, whatever, 100 foot high. But if if it re- if they really were 2,000 feet plus high, it would be windy. It just would. Yeah. It, they wouldn't even be able to just stand there, even if they wanted to. But I mean, yeah. this is I, I'm. I shouldn't well, they did say more. it was, but they were still above sea level, way above two thousand feet, even though they oh, you know, they built on say. top of this mountain. So they still had that. Okay. Yeah, they're still right. pretty high up, to be honest. But obviously, if if they fell, they they're not going to fall two thousand <laughs> two thousand foot. They're going to fall hundred foot, which is still quite high. And at the same time. Um, higher than I would like to have been anyway because I'm not great with heights and I don't know why I chose this film because I'm scared of heights and I think you are slightly scared of heights yeah. um, but I kind of wanted to, to sort of challenge my fears here um, what I did find also is I came out of the film thinking that was really geared for a teenager as yes. well because there were certain elements where they had to explain certain things like why is the light flashing on top of the tower well obviously it's for aeroplanes uh, so it's just like, uh, you know, simple things like that. So it, it, I don't know why they, they had to say that. It was just obvious. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, I mean, because I was actually quite impressed they didn't green screen it and and, and film it in a, uh, in a studio or anything. And they actually really built this thing and, and it was quite hard to film. Um, I'm kind of debating whether to give it a seven or six and a half. But. Mm, I'm going to give it six and a half out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go for the same. I'm a bit like you, actually. On reflection, I was wondering whether I'm just being too harsh on these little things and therefore should I give it seven? But I will give it six and a half. I mean, you definitely don't watch, you don't watch it for the, you know, the kind of personal story between these two. You see the story coming a mile off um, and you don't really watch it, as I say, for the acting. You just watch it for the fact that, geez, you know, there's, just two people stuck at the top of a massive tower, what they're gonna do. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. as simple as that. And you're right. I think it is for that teen, you know, teen audience, isn't it? In fact, I love we it. saw we saw a movie in one of the trailers, which was the new kind of almost felt like it was a scream for, you know, kind of uh, uh, yes. TikTok audience type thing. And uh I would say it's probably would be enjoyed more maybe by that audience. Yeah. So next up, Spider-Man into Spider-Verse, another multiverse film you may be asking yourself. But this one I think is much better executed than some of the other ones that we've seen more recently. It's beautifully animated and there's some light and dark 
in it too. Uh, it's rated PG, released uh, in 2018, and uh, currently you can find it on all on-demand channels, and it's free on Disney Plus right now. That's how I watched it anyway. It comes together with um, Bob per- Parachetti, Rodney Rothman. We've got Peter Ramsey and Phil Lord, directors and writers, and they've got in their history storyboard artists from Flushed Away, Shrek 2, Puss in Boots, to the writing of 22 Jump Street, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The Late Show and the Oscars, and also the Lego movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball. So you've got those directors and writers combined together to produce this most excellent film. I sound very Wayne's World or Bill and Ted. I can't decide there. And the cast includes Shamik Moore, who plays the lead character, which is Miles Morales. We've got Jake Johnson, Hayley Steinfeld, who plays Gwen Stacy. We've got Lily Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, Nick Cage, Chris Pine, Oscar Isaac, Liv Schreiber. And of course, because it's a Marvel film, Stan Lee as well. So... This is about teen Miles Morales. He's trying to fit in uh, in his new New York boarding school. He's bitten by a radioactive spider whilst he's naughtily really doing some graffitiing in, in the tube area with his uncle. But then he gains these superpowers, which he doesn't really know what to do with. So who do you turn to when you've got these powers? Naturally, to Spider-Man. However, because we've got this multiverse, there's not just one Spider-Man. There's about five other Spider-Men. So you've got Spider-Man Noir, played by Nick Cage. You've got Spider-Pig. I'll stop there. It goes on. <laughs> so, Rob, I mean, this film's it's got 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. I would say the animation is in line with Rise of the Guardians because it's also one of the directors or storyboarders uh, created that one as well. It's very colourful, detailed. I'd love to know what you think. I just thought it was amazing. I have seen it before. I remember watching it distinctly because I watched it with my son and I think it was the first time we watched a film and we both we both loved it as much as each other. There's just so much I love about it. I think the first thing that strikes you about it is, like you say, the animation, the style of the animation is just so, so well done. And what's interesting about it, that it combines like the latest CG animation technology but they also couple that with hand-drawn artistry to the point where if you freeze any part of the movie, it will actually look like a, an illustration with hand-drawn touches. It's just phenomenal. It, it's incredibly realistic. But like I say, it's it's also got that, yeah, it's got that kind of free-flowing, rough around the edges. And it just, it just works so, so well. The colour palette they use... You forget, I would say, that you're almost in a comic book. That you, you, Well, you forget that you're watching an animation because not only does it look superb and so realistic, the writing in it, the characters in it, touch on the, the usual universal themes of a teenage boy growing up, trying to deal with these newfound powers that we've seen, of course, in other Spider-Man films. But I think the relationship he has with his father... You know, he always feels he can't, he's not quite in tune with his dad. He he feels like his dad doesn't really get in with him, Once you know, with his graffiti and his art. And the father doesn't know he's sneaking off to his uncles, which obviously his father's brother, to do this kind of graffiti at night. So there's that 
father-son piece there. There's the relationship he has with his uncle, which is quite intriguing in the film. I'm not going to say any more than that, but there's a kind of a dark family secret that comes about in this, which again creates quite an emotional moment. There's the fun of it. You know, so, so whilst you've got these kind of touching elements that are just done so well, you've got so much fun with all these other Spider-Man characters. My favorite has to be Peter Porker, um, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Ham. I mean, phenomenal. And, and, this, and this just goes to show how playful and how brave they are in this film, that it's deliberately like a Looney Tunes style cartoon. So it's very much juxtaposed with the world in which it's in, which is so clever because one, it's coming from another multiverse and two, it's a character we're, we're all familiar with that almost feels totally out of place. But the, all of the humours, you know, they, they make a lot of that with the humour. And I think at one point where, and this isn't a spoiler, where Superham eventually finds his way home, like back into the multiverse, he just says, that's all folks. And the response by one of the other characters, are we legally allowed to say that? You know what I mean? So it does have, you know, it has that knowing thing. But as I say, like the the Spider-Noir character voiced by Nick Cage, which is this Humphrey Bogart-esque kind of character, the soundtrack, I think, is just perfect. Um, in fact, the very first track, Post Malone track, that was played in this, it's one of my favourite tracks, and it's reason why it's one of my favourite tracks is because of this film. Whenever I hear it, I think of this film, I think of watching it with my son, and all of the music on this is just, they place it so well in those kind of poignant moments, or those moments, even the big fight scenes. Yes, you could compare it with other animations, but you also compare it to kind of the live-action stuff you might see with Spider-Man. And those fight sequences and the animation is just phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. I just really seriously just couldn't take my eyes off it. Normally, you might just get used to the smashy, bangy, city destruction type stuff that you're used to with the live action. But for some reason, the way in which they do it in this film, they also have fun with placing comic book writing Mm-hmm. to the screen which is very very clever apparently they deliberately decided to only start doing that once he's bitten by the spider because at that point he is spider-man reading afterwards i thought it was really nice to hear that the aim apparently of the film was to make the viewer feel like they are in the pages of a comic book and it does that really well i think but it's just so mature it's a proper grown-up animated superhero movie they're going to be making another one i'm not surprised because it did really make an impression because it's just so different stan lee it's the last film that he appears in obviously you know it's his voice they decided to give him a bigger role because he passed away during this time and also because all of the animators wanted to be involved in the sequences with stan lee this is and i haven't gone back to watch this any part of the movie where there's a train coming past the screen, if you pause it, you'll see Stanley on the train as a passenger because all of the animators wanted to depict him almost as a kind of a homage. So, yeah, and, and also just the general theme of it. The writers had, you know, another goal of their movie was to inspire young people to become heroes, inspire grown-ups to help them do it and remind us all that you don't need to be bitten by a radioactive spider to do your part. You know, you're powerful and we're counting on you. And I think... It might sound trite and a bit cheesy. Yes, this is a Spider-Man film. So we're always seeing like a teenager coming to terms with things 
going through the struggles they come they have with being a teenager anyway and then having this huge responsibility thrown on them but i just thought it was just done so beautifully i agree and i love it i absolutely loved it mm. i i don't i don't even think i can fault it personally no and i watched this with my my kids actually last night and i think all ages can watch this film it's a pg and they loved it as well it's all very hip but the music's great it's colorful it's the quality of the animation is is amazing and i'm delighted that next year we've got spider-man across the spider-verse which is coming out and then the following year spider-man beyond the spider-verse so they're rolling two out consecutively over the years so that's great that we don't have to wait so long because the other one was released in in 2018 and not only we think it's brilliant it won an oscar and bafta as well for best animated feature film as well so so yeah and you mentioned it at the very top that obviously since this film came out we've had a whole plethora of movies about multiverses doctor strange the spider-man you know the the live action Spider-Man film smashed the box office recently. That bat crazy film, everything, everywhere, all at once as well. You know, yeah. th- there's been a lot of it. But I've got to be honest, I just thought the way this was done, the concept was really interesting and and cool and fascinating. But not not at any point did you think, oh, this is getting daft, or I can't quite get this, or they've taken this multiverse thing too far. So. I just, like of all those films, I think this just totally nailed that whole concept. I think almost the, the latest Spider-Man film, because that was multiverse as well. Yeah. I think that's borrowed some of the ideas from this film also, because, you know, brought to, brought in the previous Spider-Men into that film as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's that's... Like, almost like a real life copy version. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. When I was watching it, I did, because obviously the first time I watched it, it was all those years ago. Yeah, I was actually wondering. I wonder whether this mm. was, you know, th- because of this was so successful, whether they decided that that would kind of be the premise of, of the of the last yeah. Spider-Man film. Interesting to know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, great. Um, what are you going to give it? A 10. I mean, definitely a 10. Has to be, I'm, doesn't I'm it? Order, I'm ordering the Blu-ray. Anything that's 10. Yeah, I, I just... It was interesting because I knew how much I loved it, but I thought, oh, God, I'm going to watch it the second time round and maybe it's not going to be quite as good. Mm. But no, I, I just loved it, adored it. Yeah, I think actually it was even better the second time round for me. So 10 out of 10 for me. Um, amazing what? film. I know, double tens. So go and watch it. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus for free. And you can also rent or buy on the other channels, as I mentioned before. But then it's not a huge cost. It's only a couple of pounds to watch good stuff well i'm glad you gave it 10 because i thought i wonder if sarah's gonna give it 10 Mm. we don't often get double tens not very often actually last time i think we might have been toy story and i was just looking up actually toy story is got a slightly lower number on imdb than this film well the last the last could be the top animation i think on imdb oh for animation you're probably Mm. right it was Mm. i mean we gave the last two tens we gave was et but yeah the only uh yeah you're right, Toy Story. It was the only other animation that we gave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. So the next film that we're reviewing, is the new one will be Don't Worry, Darling, which has got Harry Styles and Florence Pugh in it. And it's released on the 23rd of September in cinemas across the nation. So a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's got a very much got a got a Stepford Wives vibe about it, hasn't mm. it? Um, yeah. And of course, Harry Styles is in it, so why wouldn't the whole world want to watch it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And Florence Pugh is is doing amazingly at the she moment. She is incredible. Well. She is incredible. She's, yeah, so uh, a great. Um, combo there so uh, i just hope he's he's not had a fling with florence because <laughs> he's like that isn't he? <laughs> you kind of wonder when they, you see him with somebody a female character a female actress or singer you kind of think well he's been, he's has uh, he been a good boy <laughs> he's, he's olivia he's he's going out with the director olivia Wilde. oh is he so, yeah. ah right well, there you have it um but that doesn't mean that you know <laughs> Florence Pugh hasn't been. <laughs> I don't and, uh, know. Olivia Wilde, and it's amazing actually because Olivia Wilde, when I first saw her, she was in um, House uh, with um, oh, I've got his name, Hugh Grant. It, no, 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 not Hugh Grant. It's um, I'm thinking uh, of the TV series House. No, it's yeah, but it's not Hugh Grant. Oh, it's okay. uh, Hugh. Of course, it's not Hugh Grant. It's Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. That's. <laughs> Hugh Laurie, yeah. So he oh was in there. Uh, she was in that, and she was brilliant in that. And then she went off to do Cowboys versus Aliens, I think, with Mr. Bond. Uh, so Daniel Rag, uh, not Daniel Radcliffe, so Daniel, Radcliffe our Daniel Radcliffe, and Hugh Grant, <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> and now, uh, and now this. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll get our names right. Teeth good. in mouth. <laughs> okay, so uh, film from yesteryear. The two categories left are crime and war. What are you going to go by? It is crime. 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 I've got 18 crimes. 18 crimes. Sounds like that bottle of wine, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't 18 it? 18 crimes. Yeah, yeah, 21 crimes. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will have number seven. Number seven is seven. Which number seven is very number apt. Number seven or... is very, very, very apt. Um, so, very good film. Yeah. Very horrible film as well, but I very mean, good. It's the film that kind of launched a whole load of almost copycat films, but few have done it quite as mm. well. So two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motive, starring Brad Pitt, of course, and Morgan Freeman, and... Gwyneth and Gwyneth and, yeah. Kevin, and of course, Kevin Spacey as well. 1995, this was. I mean, it's a wow. it's a belter. So where? Blast in the past. Where can we watch it? It's streaming on Prime, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. Netflix and Virgin Go. So that's good news for those that have that. And it's to rent and buy from all other on-demand channels. Lovely. And it's a really, you know, it's a really upbeat, happy family movie. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Nice and shiny, bright, sunny exactly. afternoon day. Sunday exactly. afternoon film. Exactly. It's not dark or it's not dark <laughs> at all. It's not, it's never raining. It's always no. sunny. Yep. Uh, no, it is a classic. But it's got Brad in it, so it's fine. Oh, here we go. Back to Brad. <laughs> We've watched a few. What was the, what was the Brad? Jesse? and Louise. And, oh yeah, Jesse James, Thelma Louise, yeah. and then there was also the fishing one. Oh, I like the fishing one. That's probably his best. The fishing one. There you go. Yeah. Listen, listen to me. The fishing one. The what fishing was it one, called? which is uh... <laughs> oh. Robert Redford one. Is it? Yeah, as the dad. 
Oh my God. Come on. We need to brain we're, brain. We're this gonna... should be on a quiz. This should be the quiz. I know. Um, um we can't go on until River get... runs through it. Oh, you River runs beat through me. It. River runs through it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. that's a good film. I like it's our fourth Brad Fit Brad Pitt film. Brad was that Brad Fitt? Did you just say no, you, you did your Brad no, Brad Fitt and then corrected Brad yourself. Pitt. Oh god. And I saw Bullet Train as well recently. Bloody Brad Pitt. All oh, right, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So that's the oldie. And then your newbie, we've already said, haven't we? It's going we to have, be um yeah, we've got some good sinister kind of films coming up. We certainly have. Righty, righty ho. So What's the plan, Stan? It's Sunday evening again. Is it it's roasts? A... Is it is it twenty different types of roasts for each of your? Uh, your... I don't know actually, because no? I've literally just come back from a box cart racing day. Uh, oh, okay. Where my husband has been throwing himself down hills, dressed as Luigi. Awesome. In bullet Betsy. Is, is he still alive? He is. He, I heard him come home. He's he's home. Is, so, Bullet, so. is, Bullet, is Bullet Betsy still in one piece? I think so. It did very well. Um, went down this course in, in at, I think they said 26 miles per hour, which is quite fast. Yeah, especially when you're That's that low fast. to the ground. Yeah, so, uh, so I have no idea because... I've asked him to cook dinner tonight and he's very good at cooking dinner as well. So I have no idea what we're having, but I did have a load of popcorn before I joined this, this uh, podcast. Just, I just did. not, not in front of a movie, just. Oh, and I was watching just... the Queens. <laughs> yeah. Popcorn and the Queens stuff. No, it doesn't really go, but I was hungry. <laughs> uh... I was watching the news, <laughs> news and popcorn. Yeah, well, I'm, I've got a Chinese from last night. That, that's oh. going to be my, yeah. Do you keep leftovers from Chinese? Yeah, he doesn't. But I thought rice is, do you have rice? Yeah, but if you if you special fried rice, if you heat it up mm. in the microwave, if you heat it for the perfect length of time, okay. then it, it regains it's, right. its kind of, yeah, it's all right. It's got um, not hasn't got listeria or anything well probably i mean god knows what's in it even to start with it's a chinese takeaway (laughs) put you off your dinner sorry that's all right i've already eaten it so it's oh i'd be all right i couldn't wait normally normally i get off this and i'm starving but i just couldn't wait this time Uh, anyway um well have a good lovely week i will and um looking forward to seeing these films good stuff all right have a good one see you thanks listeners Bye. bye